We all face temptations. Every single day we have decisions to make about how we will act and how we will be with each other. And that's what we're going to think about in our time together today. Hi, welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. My name's Stuart and I get to be the minister here. Today, our worship is led by Leslie Thompson. Leslie's a student with us on placement this year. She'll be joined in worship by Anne and Douglas Thompson. Douglas will read for us and Anne will lead our prayers later in our time together. First reading is from Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat it from it, you will certainly die. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 7. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realised they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. 
Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. Who or what do you place your trust in? Our readings from Genesis and Matthew this week show two differing opinions on trust and faith. So let's have a bit of a deeper dive into those differences. On the one hand, we have Adam and Eve, who decide to place their trust in the words of the serpent, tempting them with power. The same power as God holds, no less. Power which will provide them with great knowledge. The power to know both good and evil. If they only try that tempting fruit from the tree. The serpent really does play the role of a fairy tale baddie to perfection. With some very crafty scheming and underhand moves, the serpent convinces Eve that actually there's no issue in eating the fruit from that tree in the middle of the garden. But this is the tree that the Lord has commanded Adam that no fruit should be eaten from. Commanded. It's Adam that breaks that commandment. He willingly takes the fruit from Eve and eats it even though he was instructed by God that this is the only thing that he should not do. How quickly Adam moves his trust from God to the serpent. How tempting it must have been to share in that knowledge and to gain that power. There's something about this passage which comes across as fast-paced, kind of hidden, undercover, a little bit fearful and maybe sneaky in a manner. Like they knew it was wrong. Like they knew that there would be consequences. If we put this into relation to our Gospel reading, then in much the same length of passage as the Genesis reading, what we actually see is a pace that is slowed considerably. Jesus has been guided into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tested by the devil. What's that all about? I mean, We've just been witness to Jesus' baptism where God has advised everyone there that this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And now, directly following this, the Spirit has led Jesus out into the wilderness. Not a beautiful, lush and abundant garden, but the wilderness. We do well to remember that the Holy Spirit pushed into the wilderness began with Jesus fasting. Fasted for 40 nights and 40 days, a long time. A time of solitude, simplicity, of silence and presumably prayer. A time of communion with God in the setting of hardship where things are stripped away and what is really important becomes very clear. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Do you think he could have been thinking about this time in his life? And what is it that the devil tempts Jesus with, anyway? Well, actually, the first conversation feels like the devil is kind of mocking Jesus. If you're so hungry, prove how powerful you are. Turn those rocks into bread. I mean, if you're God's son, that shouldn't be an issue for you. But Jesus just comes back at the devil with scriptures 
a calm and simple reply. And when this doesn't work, then we see the possibilities are raised ever so slightly. Do some damage to yourself. Surely you'll be saved. You are God's son after all. And yet again, calmly, Jesus quotes scriptures to prove that he'll not be swayed by these weak attempts. These are temptations that are all about the self. They are for self-gain. Something that we're still able to relate to today. They're pretty normal, kind of ordinary really. Finally, the devil decides to up the ante and offers the kingdoms of the world and all their glory. If only Jesus would worship him instead of God. And in what I think is a great translation, the response found within the message to this offer is Jesus, Jesus' refusal was cut. Beat it, Satan. Followed with a third quotation from Deuteronomy. This is the end of the test. The devil leaves and in their place, angels appear and look after the needs of Jesus. So unlike the passage from Genesis, Matthew's Gospel shows a calm, resilient, faithful and trusting Jesus. Even though the surroundings and the settings for each lesson may make us think that actually it should happen the opposite manner. For me, these two pieces of scripture provide us with a moral question that we also face on a regular basis. They hit on core human needs and fears, And they highlight how quickly and easily things can go wrong. When we are not rooted in Christ and are disconnected from the Holy Spirit who is still with us, then things can go wrong. At their heart, each of these temptations are ones we face in degrees, every day. You know, those times when we believe that we have total control over our own destinies. But do we really? Just like those old Tom and Jerry cartoons that would show Tom with a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other, both whispering into his ears, which voice will we listen to? We probably all hope that it would be the voice of the angel. But how much of this is about willpower, a test of self-discipline? And if that is the case, then what we can see is how weak Adam was while how trusting and faithful Jesus proved to be. And actually, Paul states it perfectly in his letter to the Romans. In Romans 5, verses 18 to 19, Paul says, Here it is in a nutshell. Just as one person did wrong and got us all in this trouble with sin and death, another person did it right and got us out of it. But more than getting us out of trouble, he got us into life. One man said no to God and put many people in the wrong. And one man said yes to God and put many people in the right. We're not meant to picture temptation as places, as spaces and times where we've been abandoned. To do so is to give in to the evil one's temptation, to distrust and to doubt that we too are God's beloved. That's not true. Nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, this lie is part of how the devil is so successful 
and getting us to succumb to our temptations. By forgetting that God is present with us, we put God out of our minds and don't consider what we know to be God's good and perfect will. And just as the Holy Spirit was with Jesus in the wilderness, helping him to do the hard things, the Holy Spirit is also with us, helping and preserving and holding us in the midst of the hard parts of our life that we face. So with the Holy Spirit, because of the Holy Spirit, we are able to do more than we could ever possibly imagine. What if we just trust and fall? You know, like that task that you maybe did in the playground or you did in a work setting where one person or another, where you just let yourself fall backwards into the trust that the person who's standing behind you will be there to catch you before you hit the ground. So what if the next time we face temptation, this is how we feel about our faith? That we trust and fall, placing our faith in the Holy Spirit to catch us and hold us and to guide us through those times of trial. I stumble, daily I fall, daily your mercy is new at the dawn, how fickle my heart is, how feeble and poor, but your heart is steadfast. Your love is secure You have grace enough for my wayward heart Running out to me with your open arms You have grace enough for my wayward heart Running out to me with your Stumble Daily I fall 
our God. How grateful we are and how awed by the courage of people who live out what they say they believe, who follow through on the choices they have made, whatever the cost to themselves. For peace activists and aid workers, mediators and climate change campaigners, for home carers, street pastors, prison visitors and all who steadfastly give of themselves for the sake of others without looking for any glory or reward. We give thanks for Jesus, who could so easily have chosen a different way. He could have been a master joiner, had a wife and a family of his own, and what a brilliant father he would have been. But he searched his soul and found there a resolution and a goal that could not be denied. And because of him, we are here today. We offer our prayers for any people we know who have life-changing choices to make, for young people deciding on a career path, for those entering or leaving a relationship, for those seeking faith or questioning it, for any of us at a crossroads in our lives, that we may take the time to be sure that what we think is the right way to go is in line with what you want for us and with all the values of your kingdom. We pray for the church here in your community and throughout the world. The world has changed beyond all recognition and we no longer seem to belong. Help us to see that as an opportunity to draw closer once again to Jesus, who never belonged, and who turned his back on all that others would have counted success. Strengthen us by your Spirit to follow him to the cross and whatever may lie beyond it. And we continue our prayers. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Go now with the blessing of God, the creator, the source and the spirit with us now and always. Food Bank opens for collection on Sunday from 1pm until 2.30pm and every Sunday thereafter. And don't forget, if you or anyone you know needs food, then they can come and collect food at the same time from 1pm until 2.30pm every Sunday at St Ninian's Church. Our Lent Bible study starts on Monday the 27th of February. That's Monday the 27th of February at 7.30pm. That's going to be on Zoom. The ID and passcode are on your screens at the moment or you can find them on our website at saint-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk. Our study this year is going to be led by Leslie, our student, and I'm very much looking forward to finding out 
a bit more about the women of Holy Week. <laughs> <laughs>